0: Hey there, and welcome to Twist Out Cancer's Midwest Region Spotlights. I'm Lindsay, and today I'll be chatting with artist Kristen Wentz and their inspiration, Kenny Lappins. We'll talk about their involvement with Twist Out Cancer, how they became participants in the Brushes with Cancer program, how their connection unfolded and developed, and what they continue carrying with them from their experience together. Hi, my name is Kristen Wentz.
1: I am a participating artist in the 2022 Brushes with Cancer program. I am an abstract acrylic painter.
2: And I'm Kenny Lavins. I'm the inspiration uh, for Kristen this year, and I am a uh, survivor of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma.
0: Wow. Okay. So, Kenny, you have a pretty unique experience. Not only are you the inspiration, but you have also participated in the Brushes with Cancer program as an artist, correct?
2: Yeah, my history with Brushes with Cancer and Twist Out Cancer in general is is pretty extensive. Ten years ago, I was a copywriter on a pro bono project that uh, Twist Out Cancer had joined uh, to give them some branding and stuff. And I came up with the tagline, Share, Connect, Heal, and then forgot about Twist Out Cancer for for several years and um, then got cancer myself. And then became an artist. And when I became an artist, I remembered the Twist Out Cancer, Brushes with Cancer uh, organization, and I reached out to Jenna saying, hey, you know, I'm an artist now, and I'd like to, you know, get back involved with this program because it's so amazing. And so I was an artist uh, for the 2019, 2020, and 2021 uh, Brushes with Cancer galas. And I am now on the advisory board as well of the organization. And it's the thing that I am most honored to be part of in my life.
0: That is so interesting. Can you, you mentioned that you got cancer and then became an artist. Did you start doing art after your diagnosis?
2: You know, it's fascinating. You should ask me that question because it's it's kind of strange. I, I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and I had chemotherapy to, to uh, take care of it. And responded very well to chemotherapy, had very few symptoms, and, you know, didn't really. The only thing that really bothered me was the prednisone, being angry all the time. But I uh, went through it, and it got, it it went away, and everything was fine. Uh, A couple of years later, I started to notice some cognitive issues that I was having, especially around aphasia, which is coming up with words that you want to say. And I went to a neurologist and she suggested that it's possible that the chemo brain side effects that I'm having are related to the damage to my brain that chemotherapy uh, caused. And the interesting thing is that it was right around that time that I started painting as well. And I had never painted in my entire life. So I am forty three years old, and uh, you know a friend of mine says, "Hey, you want to go to this uh, painting and drinking class? They're really fun to do and I'm like, "Fine, I'm not a painter, but I'll go with you. It, it, you know it'll be really fun to be hang out with you. We're painting a Chicago scene with the Chicago it was actually the Chicago theater sign scene, and uh, at some point during the class, the teacher walks around and looks at everyone's paintings and stopped behind me and said, "Oh my gosh, how long have you been painting? You're really good. And I'm like, "This is my first time painting." I've literally been painting for 15 minutes. This is it. And she goes, okay, well, whatever you do, don't ever take a painting class because you've got this style, this innate style. I'm like, I have a what? And uh, it, it, it started from there. And then I, I really, I caught the bug and, you know, this really bizarre talent for painting kind of surfaced. And my neurologist believes that it's possible that some of the areas of my brain that were damaged some of the areas of my brain that, da- that were damaged by the chemotherapy also uncovered some other areas of my brain that had been neglected because the you know the, the verbal – I'm a professional writer by career, so my verbal part of my brain has, has been in high gear uh, throughout my career. And it was you know covering up the, the artistic part. And, and when I started having these issues, it kind of uncovered this, this talent. And it blew me away because, I mean, if you had told me when I was 20 that I would be a painter, I'm, I'm like, I can't clock. I, how how am I possibly going to be a painter? I have no fashion style. I have no. I, I can't tell one color from another. I, you know, whatever. Uh, and here I am. You know, I I now belong thanks to Kristen. I now belong to a gallery and and show my work on a pretty regular basis. And you know, I have uncovered this tremendous part of my life, which is so important to me now. So you know, it, it's it's one of these things where I, every time I think about it, I I try to remind myself that even in the most difficult circumstances, such as getting a diagnosis of cancer, there's possibly a bright side that could come, you know, as a result.
0: That's incredible. So, Kristen, you also have a unique journey to participating in this Brushes with Cancer program because it sounds like you knew Kenny before you knew about Twist Out Cancer and Brushes with Cancer.
1: Close. I had a friend at the studio, which uh, I'm a part of, and Kenny is also a member who participated in the 2019 Brushes with Cancer program, and I didn't know anything about it until she was preparing for the gala, and this ginormous painting that she had been working on for some time, and I said, well, tell me about this one, and she explained that it was uh, the culmination of six months of relationship that she had built with her participants, and her inspiration, excuse me, and uh, she just told me all about the program, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And then 2020, Uh, at the time, I had been curating a corporate collection of art, and I had done an all call in the fall of 2020 to ask for uh, artists to help me round out the collection. And I'd asked specifically for artists who focused on the city, and Kenny reached out to me for that. So Kenny and I knew one another uh, during that time, and so I participated last year for the first time as a Brushes with Cancer artist, and then this year, Kenny, I think, perhaps with his uh, advisory role, uh, was able to present the fact that we have a unique relationship and it would
0: be fun to have the painter become the inspiration. Oh, wow. So this is amazing because both of you have participated in this program before. And I would love to know what are the differences between your first experience and this current collaboration. I mean, Kenny, you're doing it from both sides, but it's also probably very different for you as well, Kristen. But yeah, Kenny, tell me what it's like, the differences from being the artist to being the inspiration.
2: It is a unique experience in both directions. I'm also a mentor for this year's program, so I have my own pair that I'm mentoring, you know, both the artist and the inspiration. I'm doing a lot. It's unique being an artist in the respect that you you know, talk to somebody who you're just meeting for the first time and you're sharing this really intimate detail about your life and trying to translate that into a work of art that is representative. Uh, now, in my specific case, as Kristen mentioned, I do landscape art, usually cityscapes and, and buildings and, and and that kind of stuff. And so my take, my artistic Bent, you know, doesn't necessarily lend itself to, to, you know, telling someone's story. But what I've done with each of my inspirations is that I, I've met with them and talked about: is there a building in your cancer journey that's important to you? And and the first year, my uh, inspiration had had lost her sense of taste as a result of chemotherapy, and the only place that she could taste anything was this really amazing Peruvian restaurant called Taste of Peru on Clark Street in Chicago, which is in a little strip mall. And so she and I met there for lunch and I decided, okay, I'm going to paint the facade of this restaurant because this is the place that you went to because it was the only place that you can, you can taste food. Um, and then my second year, I had a, um, a match with a uh, a guy who was an avid golfer and you know, couldn't golf for a while as he was going through treatment. And then when he got better, the first place he went to was this pub and grill that he used to always meet with his uh, friends after a golf game. So we went there and it's a beautiful building. And it, it, and, and it really stuck out to me as something that I could, I could work with. I said, hey, this is it right here. I took a picture of the building and that was uh, what I painted. And then in the third year, uh, my inspiration and I spoke over the phone. She was actually in Italy for most of the time. And we talked about the different places that she'd been to and all the different travels that she's done. And we decided what we were going to do is paint the building where she received her diagnosis, because that's an ugly, horrible place. You know, where you receive your diagnosis is, is the place that you just don't ever want to go back to again. And I said, well, let's let's do this. Let's turn it into art so that it kind of heals the, the image of this building as well as as, uh, you know, creating a piece of art. And so that's what I did there. So, you know, it's a a challenge as an artist to match your style to the story of someone who you're just meeting and, you know, sharing this truly intimate and unique experience with um, and trying to come up with a cohesive story.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, you're the first mentor that I've gotten to speak to. What do you tell the artist and the inspiration when They're about to start their collaboration, or as they're working their way into making the piece.
2: Mm -hmm. So we we met uh, on a a Zoom call, and you know, just got to know each other a little bit, and I, I helped them both feel you know uh, comfortable and said you know there's there's no right or wrong answer here you guys can do as much or as little as you want um, as long as in the end you you come up with the, the piece of art and you know if if any if at any time you feel uncomfortable with the discussion or or the details that you're letting somebody into your life that you don't really know then just you know speak up and say hey this is not Let's let go in a different direction. So it's really just handholding and making sure that everybody feels comfortable. Because again, this is it's a a unique and potentially disturbing relationship that you're building with somebody. And if it if it doesn't go well, then it's going to be ugly. And so it's it's always good to have a mentor to guide you through the relationship so that there's a positive result in the end.
0: Okay. So Kristen, tell me about the differences between your first experience and then this current experience with Kenny? The the biggest difference for me
1: is both times I my inspiration has some affiliation with the program. So my inspiration from last year, his spouse was a mentor and a participating artist for several years. So his spouse would hear us on our Zoom calls. Uh, the discussions that they, they overheard were so much different than the conversations that they had had with their inspiration. And it led me at the beginning to wonder if I was doing it right. And I think that was a big part that Kenny was speaking to as well as a mentor, helping both your artist and your inspiration feel comfortable that there is no set way to participate. The difference that I have this year is that I knew Kenny going into the experience and figuring out how we would have that next level of sharing, thats such an intimate and personal experience to share, uh, what I went through and what I learned in terms of developing empathy and a sense of story and awe from both of them is, is very similar, but in terms of their personal experiences, the differences in their cancer journeys, and where they are both as men past their
0: cancer and I would say a very celebratory way, uh, there are some similarities between the two of them. Okay, interesting. Okay, what I want to know now is what it's been like for each of you to kind of get to know each other in this new and possibly more intimate way in working to make this piece.
2: Well, I can speak to that first because Kristen plays a unique role in my life in general. Because as I said, I just had started. I had just started my artistic career, right around the 2019 time frame. I had been in a show, uh, the Glenwood Arts Fest here in Chicago. I had, had a solo show at a gallery in Evanston that closed down right after my show, and I had done a couple other small things. But it was when I saw that Facebook post uh, from the Fulton Street Collective that that Kristen had made for this corporate show that she was putting on that she brought me in and really jump-started my artistic career. It would not be where I am without her. You know, it's one of those things you, you put the energy out in the universe and it comes back to you because if I had simply not responded to that Facebook post, none of this would be happening. So anyway, uh, she's a very important person in my life to begin with. And when, uh, I realized that I was going to be an inspiration this year just due to the fact that I had so many other things going on with the organization. I had the idea and I approached Chris and said, hey, do you want to be a match this year? Because, you know, be, it'll be nice to to know each other ahead of time. And, and, and actually, we're already collaborating on a different piece of artwork for the for the." Gallery that we belong to. We're not coming show later this year. In, in that respect, it was great to push our existing relationship even further. And you know, she came here, and we we sat down, and, and she met my little doggie, uh and we had a nice you know hour two hour conversation. Yes, we had a nice two hour conversation about uh, my life and 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 my cancer journey and and all the different things that have happened to me since then. And it was really just it was it was nice and and comfortable to talk about that stuff with somebody who I already had an existing relationship with.
0: Yeah. And Kristen, as we, as you mentioned before we started this, that Kenny is quite funny. So what are the ways that he may have chosen to talk about the time when he was living with cancer and, and his life in his survivorship that may have struck you as funny or unique to him? Unique to Kenny. Definitely not humorous, uh,
1: but i Kenny can be quite uh, self-deprecating with his humor. And so oftentimes he makes himself the thought of a joke where he's actually uh, anything but a joke. Uh, There are so many things about Kenny that just make him fabulous in terms of his intelligence and his heart. And he has often just referenced cancer as, oh yeah, I'm I'm a cancer survivor. And, And that's about it. So when we spoke in that, hour at his apartment so we were talking about his artwork and his path and I really got more of the details behind it. Uh, he tried to make light of it. Well, I didn't, I didn't lose my hair and I didn't have to have this and I didn't have a lot of side effects and really just wanted to, it almost seemed like make it as if it weren't a big deal, but it's cancer. And it really struck me that there are so many aspects of, of Kenny's life that he is very loving and flexible kind of go with the flow and inserts that humor and his humility in just the right place. And as you've already come and noticed from this, he's just so incredible with his vocabulary and his just general tone. You feel immediately at ease. So here I am listening to this amazing path that he's been on with his family, uh, with his children's support, through his survivorship, as well as the experiences that he's having with aphasia, which his professional career is language and it's a part of his brain that is that he struggles with now. So I think uh, one of it was just really awe and respect for him, which I already had, Uh, but this is a much different relationship that we have because in this way, I feel in some ways that he is my mentor, where when it came to the work we were doing with the corporate art collection and being members in the same studio, I was his mentor. So, Kenny, I have to say thank you for those very kind words. Uh, So there's a little role reversal here uh, in this one because also as different member of leadership within Twist Out Cancer, uh, I kind of defer to him as the expert. So it's an interesting relationship to not be the lead, if you will, but I get to follow his lead and and he does that with kindness.
0: Yeah. Also, I am curious about how the inspirations and the artists are matched because they all seem to have such strong connections. I'm wondering how much you know about each of them before they are placed with each other.
2: Yeah. Twin Dog Cancer has a clinical, um, uh, I don't know if she's a psychologist, but a clinical professional person who uh, does, who applies analytics to the matches. And because when you sign up to be an inspiration and an artist, brushes with cancer, you fill out a survey which asks personality questions. Those surveys are then analyzed and the matches are put together in such a way that it should be beneficial to the match. So there, it isn't just pulling names out of a hat and, and matching people up. There is definitely some thought, professional thought given to the matching.
1: With respect to brushes with cancer being a psychosocial program where there's gonna be support for both the artist and the participant, the inspiration is so critical for them to make sure that they are healthy matches. So when I was paired with my with my inspiration last year, I was overwhelmed by the amount of similarities that we had, commonalities, interests. Heck, we even went to the same college, but we didn't figure that out until after the painting was complete. Uh, So the amount of work, and I had asked his spouse, who was a mentor, how did this happen? And she said, they are magic. They know what they're doing. Those surveys tell them everything they need, and they make sure that you're even the right participant. Not everyone who applies is going to be selected as either an inspiration or as an artist. So the thoughtfulness behind the program and the matching is what sets both the artist and the inspiration up for success.
0: That is so beautiful. I, I, yeah, I, I, it's amazing how much just a simple thing like that can do. And then it comes out all the future connections that you have Mm -hmm. that couldn't even have been known from the assessment. So that's, that's so interesting. So I also want to know when you're creating the piece, well, Kenny talked about this a little bit with the pieces that he created, but. I guess you're in the middle of your creative process right now, Kristen, but could you tell me what things you're looking for and maybe how you're inspired to move in a direction or change directions or anything like that in your piece? Absolutely. Change direction is a, is a nice way to start
1: in terms of as an abstract painter, I'm relatively intuitive. I use a variety of Application tools, I actually don't typically use a paintbrush. I work with drywall tools and palette knives and a variety of different colors. Uh, And each layer that I apply is relatively intuitive in terms of its application, whether it be spray or pattern or these big sweeping drags uh, across uh, my substrate. They really kind of just feed in themselves layer after layer after layer. And at times I also use a sander or wet sand to reduce whatever layer I just applied so that it exposes something from underneath. Uh, With the work that I'm doing with brushes, I was much more intentional in terms of my application. And there were usually shapes that are representing key aspects of the conversations that I had with my inspiration. So in my previous experience, my inspiration was a comic book fan. So the painting actually is two panels to represent comic book pages. And with Kenny's piece, it is one larger piece, but it has a lot of text from his writing incorporated. It's in multiple layers that some of it will be visible and other parts of it will not be. Honoring his Fauvist background and and interest as a painter and using very vivid colors. Uh, but I've also done quite a bit of research just about on Hodgkin's lymphoma. I've learned about the parts of the brain that have been affected by aphasia. I've read a lot about chemo brain um, and constructed patterns of cells and patterns of parts of the brain that are affected by aphasia. And I'm incorporating those into the piece as well. So uh, figuring out how all those layers are coming together, that's where I am right now and I'm grappling with.
0: That's awesome. That's so cool that there's so many different styles of art that can be representative of these particular inspirations. So that's so cool.
2: Yeah, that's very true. Uh, First of all, I have absolutely no idea how abstract painters, and Kristen in particular, do what they do. I've tried abstract painting (laughs) a couple times and it's been a unmitigated disaster each time. But that is very true with regard to my particular style of painting because as I said, it's buildings. And when I first started in in 2019, I'm like, well, how am I gonna? This isn't gonna work. How am I gonna represent someone's story in a building? And it just really, and I was so excited when it when I figured it out. You know, we I was talking with my inspiration and said, hey, is, is there a building that's important to you? And she said, oh my god, yes, this restaurant. It's amazing. And um, and and really, it's just this little tiny place in a strip mall, in. Chicago, and it's very unassuming looking. And, and it's you know, next to a, a, a dry cleaner's on one side, and I think an, a, an, a, an empty building on, on the other. But it really came out well. And um, I actually have a second draft of my first draft of the painting is hanging up in my living room because I painted it twice. Um, and the second one <laughs> that I did of, of the pub and grill, I had so much trouble with, I could not figure out how I was going to paint this building. Painting is generally. Don't take me more than a day. This one literally took me almost a month. It was on my easel for a long time. And I uh, was just goofing around on uh, Google one day and saw a painting by Van Gogh called The Church at Auvers. And I'm probably mispronouncing that. And I'm like, that's the building that I'm painting. Oh, my God. So I took inspiration from that 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 painting and did an homage through it. And then it made more sense artistically that I could both represent this person's story, you know, to, to represent the social aspect of cancer, you know, in in that it was this place that he went to with his friends after a game that he wasn't able to do until he was done with chemotherapy and, but also do it in a way that was true to art with a capital A and I did the same thing with last year's painting. I, I took inspiration from a different Fauvist artist, did an homage again with the building uh, of the uh, place where she received her diagnosis.
0: Kenny, we haven't really talked that much about your personal journey with cancer and what it, you know, beyond what it actually sort of in a weird way gave you ultimately— I'm interested in what it was like going
2: through it in the moment. Well, it it completely turned my life upside down. Um, When I received the diagnosis, I was married and a father of two uh, young girls. And the, the disease taught me to cherish life a little bit more strongly and make some changes that I had been thinking about making for a while. And you know, I did all that, and I, you know, I stepped up and I said, "Hey, this, this is my life is not going in the direction I want it to go, and I'm going to make some changes." And you know, my life right now is 100% different than it was before the diagnosis. And uh, you know, I again point towards the positive aspects of this dread disease because it has benefited me in in several ways. Uh, You know, in, in in empowering me to make these changes and uncovering this artistic talent that is you know so central to my existence right now
0: watching you make these changes how did that sort of influence your daughters?
2: you know uh, it, it's funny because we didn't tell my daughters that I had cancer because uh, they were very young and we, we we were obviously we were going to tell them if at any point I like lost my hair or some other physical manifestations occurred. But at, at, at no point did that happen. We actually didn't even tell them because the survival rate of my particular cancer was 75%. And that that particular statistic was based on 10-year-old data on um, drugs that weren't even in use anymore. So my, my um, survival rate was even much higher than that. So I was very confident that this was not going to end in my death. So we didn't want to scare the children. So... There's a very funny story about how they found out um, we had gone to the Relay for Life uh, race in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and I did the Survivor Lap, which is the, the lap before the event starts. And my daughter, Abigail, was on my shoulders, and she didn't understand why we were doing the, the Survivor Lap and just thought it was, you know, we were just part of this organization. We were going to do this thing. And it was whatever. But the Kenosha News took our picture. And put it on the front page of the newspaper the next day, and so uh, everybody knew. And Abigail, my daughter, had a babysitter uh, sometime later, and the babysitter asked her, "So, how's your dad?" And she said, "What do you mean?" And she said, "Well, he has he had cancer. You were on the front page of the Kenosha News." She goes, "He had cancer." So that's how she found out. <laughs> and it was it was fine. That you know, obviously the the. Babysitter felt bad, but she's a family friend. And we explained to her that it's absolutely perfectly fine that my daughter found out that way. And so, uh, you know, we, I shared the news then with the girls because there was nothing to fear at that point. And I then, uh, you know, made these, these changes in my life, which involved uh, getting divorced from their, their mother. And it was very interesting because I, at, at one point I was in um, counseling, a uh, cancer uh, patient psychological. Counseling that my 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 um, oncologist recommended that I that I do, just to 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 head off any issues that might evolve because ultimately some do it's the, it's the, you know a terribly disruptive thing that happens and I remember saying to the counselor at one point that you know I I can't possibly get divorced from my children's mother because I love them too much and it'll disrupt their lives and I would step in front of a bus for my kids and the counselor said stepping in front of a bus is getting divorced because, you know, the home life wasn't as satisfying and fulfilling for for any of us as a result of my change of attitude. And so once I did that, my relationship with my children changed dramatically for the better. And they saw me in this new light where I was this strong, forceful person who did what I felt was right for me and taught them that they should do the same in their lives and not be afraid to make changes, and even if they seem daunting at the time. And so in that respect, and again, here's one of those positive outcomes of this dread disease, I just keep running into them, uh, in my, my experience has been overall positive, and it just seems so strange for me to talk about that in that way, because it's, again, this you know, leading killer and rips people's lives apart and does all these these terrible things. But in, in my particular case, it really just uncovered a lot of, uh, you know, negative in my life, which I replaced with positive. And it's been an overall positive experience.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Well, It's been a positive experience for me to get to speak with both of you. And before we go, is there anything else that you would like to say to anyone who might be listening to this, who might be living with cancer right now or have a loved one who is
2: facing their own cancer journey? I would suggest that, and I I say this to my children all the time, the way that you react to a fact determines how it will affect you. Things happen in the world and they are neither positive nor negative. It is your reaction to them which defines how your life will be affected by it. It's kind of a mathematical equation. You know, two positives make a positive, a positive, a negative, make a negative. So if you can take a experience that even most people would suggest is a negative experience, and you can turn it around, and you can find the goodness in it. It, it, It's difficult to suggest to somebody who's facing this dread disease that, hey, look at the bright side, because that's probably going to annoy annoy them and make them hostile. Like, no, get out of here, I'm dying, go away. But honestly, that is what life is about. We make our decisions and then have to live with them. So to make a decision in the positive light is more beneficial than to make a decision that, you know, is ultimately going to cause you sadness. So, you know, look for the look for the bright side whenever you can.